Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen I am become Mike and Mike go to the movies, destroyer of worlds. I'm Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who can feel the Kennergy. Mike Tricio. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I'll be totally honest, because I haven't seen Barbie yet, The uh, all the, like, I am Knuff stuff, st- <laughs> I didn't know that, like, that's how it was pronounced. Like, I th- it was like, Kino? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> like, I don't understand what this, like, pun is supposed to be until... Somebody, ex- I saw somebody like explain it or whatever, or, or yeah. sort of like in a different context that I was like, oh, it's connect- it's enough. I'm enough. Yes. I got it. Well, I what's so funny that. about what's so funny about that is they don't actually even say the word out loud in Barbie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, it's just on a sweatshirt that like Ken is wearing at the end of the movie that says, I am Kenuff. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Incredible. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe it actually is pronounced Kino. There's no I don't know. <laughs> English is dumb. It could be anything. Yes. A hundred percent. How you been doing, Mike? What's been going on in your life? I've been doing great. I've uh, been playing lots of video games and we'll talk about that. So I don't have a lot of movies to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. I mean, that's what the discussions are all about. Just whatever random pieces of media that you have been consuming over the last few weeks, uh, we're going to talk about. And yeah, today's episode is just a discussions episode uh, where we'll free, talk about free a, yeah, a freewheeling variety of random stuff. And so I did want to, uh, you know, I, I think we'll we'll start with... Um, well, usually we lead into discussions. Usually there's like a prelude of like, hey, yeah, what's been going on in our lives, whatever. Yeah, nobody um, cares about that, Mike. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, we should just get, get right into the movies. Uh, so yeah, why not? But I got to go into the theme song at least, right, at Mike? Least. All right. <laughs> at least. There's got to be uh, some kind of bumper. Uh, if, if we didn't play the discussions theme song, there would be riots in the streets. Uh, and so uh, here it is. It's time for our discussions. Watch this. These are my discussions. Just when I thought I said all I could say, my buddy and I talk about movies we see. These are my discussions. There is so much to see, you and me. So we're gonna talk about movies for our discussions. All right, it's time for our discussions on Mike and Mike out of the movies, and that's what this episode is all about, just about all the random stuff we've been watching. And so I'll start things off, because I, I definitely have more stuff than Mike D has uh, for this episode, and uh, the bulk of Mike D is going to be one video game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By accident. Right, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but first, I figure we should talk about uh, the two biggest movies of the summer, Mike. Uh, how about that? Um, you know, And I think we, we've kind of referenced these movies a couple times over the last few weeks, so I won't spend too much time on them but we never did like a full review of either of these movies and i don't think you've seen either of these movies yet right mike correct i have not seen them yet okay you you did tell me uh so obviously we're talking about uh barbie and oppenheimer the barbenheimer uh sensation that is sweeping the nation you did tell me i think that you were gonna go to like a 70 millimeter oppenheimer has that that hasn't happened yet that hasn't happened yet yeah i don't really know what the plans are for that uh but okay. yeah so a friend of mine was like hey i might be d- doing a thing you want to come and i was like yes and then haven't heard di- didn't hear anything else so i don't know yeah. what the plans are for that but in theory i'll eventually see them uh even if it's uh f- much for shame at home uh but i will see them <laughs> at, at some point fair enough uh well yeah definitely worth watching both uh, i really enjoy both movies and i'll talk about them kind both briefly here, but Barbie is the new film directed by Greta Gerwig, uh, her third uh, feature film as a director, as a solo director at least, uh, with Lady Bird and then Little Women right afterwards, and now there's Barbie, which is obviously a much bigger you know thing than either of those two, <laughs> yeah, either of those two movies. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, based on the toy Barbie, like it's a Mattel movie, and it is really it really reminded me of the Lego movie in some respects um, where it is just kind of like, you know, taking this kind of big corporate thing that doesn't really have a movie on the face of it, but kind of really just inserting your yourself and your own kind of self-deprecation and this sort of metatextual narrative uh, that kind of goes along with it and it turning into something really fun and creative and visually stylish and just so cool. And it's really, really funny. Uh, the Lego movie is what it reminded me of. It also really reminded me of Josie and the Pussycats uh, nice. in that kind of like self 
self-referential meta sort of way. And yeah, it's it's really, really fun. Margot Robbie plays Barbie. Ryan Gosling plays Ken. And then there are a million other people that are also Barbies and Kens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to travel to the real world uh, and then go back to Barbie land. Uh, and the kind of turns this movie takes are really unexpected and surprising and funny. Will Ferrell is very funny in this movie. America Ferreira gets a really great supporting role here. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I've now seen it twice and it's been a few weeks since I've watched it, but there are moments that kind of just keep coming back to my head. Uh, There's this big musical number that Ken has at one point called I'm just Ken, uh, which is so funny and so triumphant and good. And uh, I will probably award it best original song at my alternate uh, Oscars (laughs) next year. Uh, And I think the real Oscars should do the same. Uh, (laughs) If they weren't cowards. Exactly. Yes. Uh, And honestly, I mean, with how big Barbie has been, I would, would not be surprised if it did get nominated for, a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture. Like, if Top Gun Maverick can do it, yeah. uh, why not Barbie? Yeah, <laughs> why know? not Barbie? It's uh, pretty yeah, funny. Plus, oh, sorry. No, you uh, and I was going to say, plus Greta Gerwig's a pretty Oscar-friendly filmmaker at this point. She's been nominated a couple of times. I think she was nominated for Director for Little Women. I think you're right. Um, and wasn't Lady Bird have some nominations, too? Uh, yes. Actually, you know what? I think it was Lady Bird she was nominated for Director for. I don't think she was nominated for Little Women, but I think she was nominated for Screenplay for Little Women. So, I mean, there was there were nominations for both movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's the takeaway. <laughs> yes. Uh, what were you going to say, Mike? And then, of course, you know, I, I've heard, obviously, the taking the, the absolute wrong lesson away from that and being like, we need a Mattel universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, whatever. But I guess that's how movies work now. And I forget who I was, what I was listening to, some podcast, and somebody was talking about, that's just the way. Uh, maybe it was movies that made me because um, they've been doing during the WGA strike um, like a writer spotlight every episode now. Um, okay. So like having someone on for 15 minutes that's on just to talk about their strike experience and stuff. Um, and they were talking about the way that like, you know, movies that have a point and all that stuff uh, like art doesn't get funded now. So you have to sneak it into other things. So they're kind of like, you know, that that script about like nuclear disarmament, you got to change it and make it the slinky movie now uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, and that is that's all I've been thinking about everyone while I've been listening to everyone talk about Barbie. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what we have now. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's very clearly struck a chord. You know, it's yeah. uh, this this movie has grossed over a billion dollars at this point. We've been playing it at the Roxy Theater, the Indie Theater in my house, Missoula, Montana, where I also work and it has been uh it's starting to slow down a little bit but for those first like three weeks it sold out basically every screening um that it had which is wild uh that's crazy and it has very quickly i'm not sure if it's achieved it yet um but it's probably going to be the roxy's highest grossing movie ever which uh that record was just set last year by everything everywhere all at once and that movie like that that record was set. It was like a twenty thousand dollar gap between like number one and number two. Like everything wow. everywhere was way ahead of the competition. Yeah, and now and Barbie has probably surpassed that in much less time than it took everything everywhere to uh, to get that, uh, which right. is a pretty wild thing. So uh, yeah, it's been kind of crazy to see the phenomenon kind of take hold. And uh, you know, I, I recently saw that the um, I, I think it was like twenty percent of people like who were asked after Barbie have been like, oh yeah, I haven't been back to a movie since COVID, like since before the pandemic. Uh, wow. You know. So I think the uh, the phenomenon of both Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, has been bringing in a lot of people who, uh, you know, fell out of the habit of going to movies. Uh, and hopefully it kind of helps kind of kickstart the movie industry a little bit uh, in a, a little bit more. I mean, uh, the studios seem against that happening because they're pulling their movies because of the strike, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, they're doing everything they can to to prevent work yeah. from continuing. <laughs> yeah, to, to kill any kind of momentum that the movie going public has to going to movies like that. Yeah. Like this Barbie and Oppenheimer thing is such a lightning in a bottle, like crazy. This is happening. Like I went to uh, my local AMC to go see uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'll talk about that in a little bit. And that was this past weekend. And uh, it was the most packed I'd ever seen it like in years. Wow. Uh, and it, and it was like two o'clock on a Friday or something like it was, you know, pretty early in the day or whatever. Um, and it was all people that were just going to Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like that was the thing. It was people were coming out for both movies and uh, it's it's been pretty wild to see. But yeah, really enjoy Barbie. I think it's very, very funny. And uh, it's 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 a really great. It really feels like a Greta Gerwig movie. And it's 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 really good. Uh, it's it's one of yeah. the things like I, I can't really talk about more about it unless you've seen it. Uh, and if you've seen it, then you know that it's already really good. So, uh, yeah. And it was funny. I was talking to my mom about uh, Barbie. And she was asking me, like, oh, is it still really busy at the theater? And I was like, yeah, these Barbie showings keep selling out. And she was, like, perplexed because she was like, are they, are people really this excited about, like, a Barbie movie? <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand, Mom. Uh, and and I was like, yeah, no, it's just a credit card. And she was like, I thought I heard, like, so, I don't know, somebody 
told me it was like supposed to be controversial or something. And I was like, well, that person's probably an idiot. And she's like, yeah. oh, all right. <laughs> well, that person probably hates women. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that aspect of it too. But yeah. Barbie is great. I recommend. And then also Oppenheimer, which I've also kind of talked about before. Uh, and you know, this whole summer I was doing a Christopher Nolan rewatch. I was rewatching all of Nolan's movies leading up to Oppenheimer. I was very excited about this. Uh, this is Nolan's new biopic about uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the creator of the atomic bomb. And it is very, very good. Really tense, really effective uh, biopic filmmaking. I think it's clumsy in certain points, uh, but it's one of those things where like every time you turn around, like every time a new person shows up on screen, it's one of your favorite character actors. Just like, one of those kinds of movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw uh, people talking about James Remar is in it. And I was like, I never even, I, you know, it's been three or four weeks <laughs> since it came out and I never even knew he was in it. Uh, it's just yeah. another one of those guys that's in everything. Yeah. Or, James Urbaniak. Uh, uh, is in there. Uh, Jason Clark is in the movie, which uh, I didn't know when I started to watch it. And I was like, oh, hey, Jason Clark's here. Alden Ehrenreich. Cool. Uh, <laughs> pops up in this and yeah Killian Murphy plays Oppenheimer and he's very very good but he's just surrounded by this uh, cast of just really terrific actors and uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been getting a lot of uh, credit for his performance in the movie and he's really good in it uh, he really kind of pops up in like the last third of the movie mm-hmm. uh, like he, he's there throughout but like the, he becomes most prominent in the last third and it's one of those things where I think people are it's not that they're overrating his performance but I think people are just really excited to see him in a non-Marvel movie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, because he hasn't really done one in like 10 years. Uh, so it's nice to see him kind of get like something else to chew on besides Iron Man. You know, what um, I recently thought about with Robert Downey Jr. What was that one movie? So with Zach Galifianakis or something when they're in like a road trip? Oh, uh, Do you... due date. Due date. Yeah. Remember that movie? I don't know. That I was do. like one of those things that just kind of popped into my head. I was like, this is a movie that exists. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was part of the. So after Iron Man came out, Downey like made a bunch of movies, like yeah. a bunch of different movies. And it was like Sherlock Holmes and Dude. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Tropic Thunder was the same summer as Iron Man, actually. So he filmed it before that. But yeah, and there was a bunch of, I think, like um, was it The Soloist. I think that, that was yeah. a movie that was around that time. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and then uh, sort of around like 2013, 2014, he was like, well, I'm just going to do Iron Man now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't blame and, and it, Yeah. And it truly became like a, a thing where it was like, like he was attached to more interesting movies. Like he was going to be in gravity. Uh, really? And he was going to be an inherent vice. Uh, wow. And he kept and he kept like backing out of them. And I think he became sort of like addicted to being like the movie star. Kind of, like, like, yeah, too, too afraid to kind of like take risks on like the, those kind of like more interesting projects, like, you know, different filmmakers with different vibes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and got very attached to like that Disney money and all, all that. And it was one of those things where like every time, like, like, I think his contract ended after Iron Man three and they were like, OK, well, we can try to extend it for like two more. And this kept giving him more money and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it all worked out for him i'm sure he was pretty happy with that but then as soon as like his his reign as tony stark ended i think he didn't know what to do because his next movie was doolittle do you remember doolittle i do remember doolittle and nobody has seen doolittle no <laughs> but uh but that was like yeah robert in jr as a dr doolittle movie and it was like panned by critics everyone hated it total box office flop i think he has like a, a reality show where he works on muscle cars or something sure. uh, it's like, a, like an hbo max thing um <laughs> um but yeah i think it's nice to see him kind of working with a prestige director and like getting a really good part to uh, to work with. So I think he's great in the movie, but I think everybody's just kind of like falling all over him because it's like, oh man, it's good to see him not doing Tony Stark again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted to say is that, you know, a lot of the praise has been going to Danny Jr. and to Killian Murphy. And I feel like a lot of people have been overlooking Matt Damon in the movie, who I think is really, really great. Um, and really? it's, it's a weird thing where like, and I've talked about this with a few of the Roxy people and a lot of us are kind of in agreement on this where we were like, yeah, the first like 45 minutes of the movie, I was into it. I liked it. I was kind of on the fence about it. And then the second Matt Damon enters the movie, suddenly it like kicks into overdrive and you're like, this fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> this, and, and we're not quite sure what it is, uh, but I think it's just like that kind of like innate movie star charisma or whatever that Damon brings to it. And when he shows up, it also kind of signifies like, this is when the plot is starting. Like this. Right. Right. Like the main thrust of like the actual like building up the bomb is happening so that I think that's part of it too but like the second he shows up that's when like the movie enters it's like best stretch you know uh, and so I think that's not a coincidence I think he's really great in it but uh, yeah uh, and uh, everybody's really good in this it's it's one of those things I think my review on Letterboxd was that uh, the kind of movie where every every time you turn your head a new character actor shows up that you love and also Rami Malek um, because, <laughs> Rami, because Rami Malek's also in the movie <laughs> uh, missed it by this much yeah exactly um, but but yeah, re- really, really enjoyed Oppenheimer. I think it's really terrific. I think it's, uh, you know, it's not among my very favorite movies of the year, um, but it's it's very good. And I think uh, it's one I want to rewatch again. I saw it in IMAX, 
uh, and had a really good IMAX experience. I've been meaning to, uh, the Roxy has been showing it on 35 millimeter and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I should, should watch it on 35 just for the opportunity to watch it on film. Who knows when I'll get to do that again, but haven't gotten around to it. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, also Florence Pugh is in this movie and she's really great. She's like Oppenheimer's communist girlfriend. Hell yeah. uh, and uh, also, uh, just a fun fact, historical fun fact here, Florence Pugh, the very first person ever to be filmed nude on IMAX 70 millimeter film. So well, look at that. So that's something. Yeah. Making One history. History books. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and Emily Blunt is uh, plays Oppenheimer's wife, and uh, she gets a couple of really standout scenes towards the end. Oppenheimer, it's very good, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's uh, it, it's it's weird that it became a thing with Barbie, where it became like the Barbenheimer thing because they are so vastly different movies. And yeah. uh, but I, it's like they are so vastly different that they sort of like weirdly complement each other in a weird way. Like they, it made for a, I did the true Barbenheimer, where I went to Oppenheimer first and then went to Barbie afterwards. Yeah, and it made for a good day, a good day at the movie. You know? Hell yeah, we love we love we love movies. I don't know, I don't know what to say. That's yeah. that's awesome. My friend uh, lives in Michigan in uh, near Grand Rapids, and she I think on her way to work she drives past this like kind of older independent theater thing there, and was like, why is this line around the block all the time? What's going on? And it mm. turns out they're one of the like 20, 70 millimeter IMAX theaters left in the country, uh, uh, just like in the middle, like you know, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like, what the fuck? Why and he why here? Uh, is yeah. what she was telling me. Uh, um, so that's that's pretty cool. You know, it's got people everywhere excited, people traveling from the Midwest to go to see it on 70. She was talking uh, about that, um, to go see it there in, in, at the theater in Michigan. So that's cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, one day I'll see it. <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but absolutely worth watching. So yeah, I wanted to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer, and then we'll get into some more of my stuff in a little bit. Mike D, uh, you've been spending a lot of your time playing a new video game. Yes, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 just dropped on PC, which is weird. I don't remember this ever really happening before that I've noticed where PC has gotten it uh, a month earlier than everyone else. Um, okay. So it comes out at, at the beginning of September on console and stuff. Um, and I don't really know what why why they did that, which, but it's whatever. I got to play it a month early, so that's very exciting. Um, there you go. Yeah, so that just dropped a couple weeks ago, and this is the new uh, role-playing game um, from Larian Studios, who's done a bunch of other stuff like this. They did, I think it was Pillars of Eternity was the, is the series. Uh, no, uh, Divinity Original Sin, I think is what it is. Um, but it's like the isometric, you know, role-playing game. This one is Baldur's Gate is an, like an actual licensed Dungeons and Dragons game. So that's pretty cool. So it's a lot of the stuff, you know, in the other games, they just have to like slightly change the name of a spell. So because it's copywritten by, you know, right. by this, they can just actually say the stuff. So that's pretty fun. And yeah, it's a really cool story. It's, uh, you know, if you are into high fantasy Dungeons and Dragons, all that stuff, you can get to fight the, the, this, the, the mind flayers, which of course, you know, like uh, Stranger Things, that's what they're referencing. The uh, right. big gross squid face guys uh, are trying to start a start an invasion and you're just stuck in the middle of it. You're just whatever your character gets wrapped up in the story. And it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those games um, where it absolutely just sucks your time away. Uh, there's been multiple days this past week where I've come home from work, eating dinner, and I'm like, all right, let me get a little Boulder's Gate in. You know, let me let me complete some quests. It's one in the morning? What happened? Like, you, just, <laughs> like, you don't know. You just look over. You're like, I'll have time to watch a movie. What time is it? And you look over, and it's, it's, it's been six hours. You're just like, oh, yeah. fuck. So that's why I don't really have a lot of stuff to talk about this that's fair. week. <laughs> Which is a shame. But this game is really great. Uh, it's been, you know, there's tons of stuff in it that you can do, like tons of content tons of quests all this stuff they've been touting like some insane which my friend gave me the inside scoop there's like 17,000 endings or whatever which is insane what? but that's because they're counting every combination of like armor that you can be wearing <laughs> you know because it's like they have, okay. to have, have to have cutscenes for all the different art so, sure. so it's actually like three endings <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know how many uh, actual like story different endings there are but um, seems like there's probably going to be a lot and you can have all of you can have tons of companions big thing also you can romance all of them so that's fun. Cool. We've all been like, all of our friends have been playing. But like, oh, how's your dating sim going? Oh yeah, it's been pretty good. You know, like, <laughs> like who's who's romancing who is a whole a juicy topic. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Me and we just all been playing separately together. So like, let's all hop in Discord. We'll all be playing our own games, and we'll all just be chatting about, oh shit, did you do this? Well, did you? What if you put this here and blah 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 and doing all that stuff? So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and we've just been been wasting all my time on Baldur's Gate three mostly, and I'm gonna continue to waste all my time on Baldur's Gate three. So let's not do discussions for a couple weeks. Um, give me some, give me some Baldur's Gate room, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about this game. Uh, and I, you know, saw ads when it was coming out. I know a few people who I think are playing it 
at uh, at the Roxy as well. Yeah, I are you a PC gamer in general, Mike? Do you play a lot of PC games? Yes. Yeah. So okay. since I never was, I was always console and just like that's it. I want the, the ease of use of console stuff. And then during the pandemic, I think it was October 2020 because it was my birthday gift to myself. I uh, bought a bunch of or I, I built a PC. I was like, I'm gonna get all these parts together. I went to my friend's house that like knows what he's doing, uh, and he like taught me how to like put a PC together. So I've been using this PC since I think 2020. Uh, and that's that's it now. I'm, I'm a PC gamer boy now, Mike. No more okay. console for me. Um, it's just my ex- PS4 is my very expensive Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I've never really been. I, I mean, I played some PC games, I think, when I was a kid. But they would be, they would be you know, the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone game that you can play on the PC or whatever. Yeah, like that, that kind of thing. Uh, like, I never got into, like, World of Warcraft or any, any of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Or other other PC games. I've always been a console guy. And I've always had a Mac, like a Mac. So I'd never really even had like yeah. a, an opportunity to get into PC games. Um, but I don't know. PC games have like PC gamers have always been one of those those people who are like, oh, you play games on consoles. I, uh, yeah, I, this shit is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah there's, like, there's like, an elitism about uh, PC gaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they call it like the air quotes PC master race. Uh, well, that's not great. <laughs> that's not great. Uh, but that's always what it's been. And then you grow up and become an adult and you're like, I don't like that. That's what they call it. Um, you're out. But, you know, when you're 18 or 17 or whatever, you're like, well, this is fun. Um, and now I'm 30 and I'm like, I, I cannot say those words. I, um, I cannot get behind this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, there absolutely is an elitism to all that. And they, you're getting your crazy uh, graphics cards and your your photorealistic graphics and all this shit that, that a PC could never handle. And then I, and then they started doing like the half p- console upgrades to like get the PS4 Pro. And it's like, no, <laughs> the whole point of a console is that it... <laughs> It's a it's a one time purchase, um, right? But technology and all that stuff uh, is moving so fast now that they can't wait the full life cycle of a console because they just get completely outdone uh, right. by the new graphics cards or graphics capabilities and all that stuff. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Well, I've I've I finally am now start hitting the point where like I got to put some games on medium, which is set like ah. graphics set it like the settings because uh, my stuff's you know three years in in computer terms. That's that's a long time, which is, is crazy, which is yeah. why I was always a console person. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just less to think about, you know? Yeah, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, which, you know, speaking of, I got a PS5 recently. Uh, so maybe when Baldur's Gate 3 comes out on PS5, I'll try that out. We'll see what yeah, happens. check it out. I, like, you describing it like it sounds cool, but it also sounds like one of those games that is too big for me. Like I, I have a thing where I like if the yeah. game is too big and there's too much for me to do, then I don't know what to do. You know, I it's why yeah. I can never get into um, Skyrim, for example example like i kind of right. like i played a little bit of skyrim and enjoyed it like i thought it was pretty cool but then after at a certain point i was like i don't know where to go nobody's telling me what to do i, I have no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need some direction here <laughs> yeah well so it's pretty cool because you know it's a little bit like that but you're on like a kind of i don't know how to how to like describe it you're on like a, a, a set map right you're like each act you're like okay i'm on this island and all of the and there's a lot of freedom you can do whatever you want you can go anywhere deal talk to anybody attack anybody whatever but like you're on one island and this everything in this section of the game is going to take place here and then when you finish that you will move to a new one and everything will take place there so there is it is like a huge i also have that where you're just like what do i do i'm yeah. on a mountain somewhere like where am i going and then if you pause it or save and then you come back like a couple weeks later you forget what you were doing so you're just like fuck this i'm never coming back to this game again yeah <laughs> um i absolutely have that also yeah but, um, that was my experience playing uh breath of the wilds uh yeah when i when i got that and i was like yeah this is fun uh i don't know what i'm doing anymore like i at a certain point i'm like uh i guess there's dungeons somewhere but i don't know where they are so yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i had that with uh like the assassin's creed valhalla i played a lot of re- within oh, really? the last year or two um and it had that too because and ubisoft is pretty bad at that for bad at like having this effect where it's just like you have this gigantic map there's 20,000 markers and shit on your map and you're like well I gotta look at all of these and then yeah. you're just like completely off the rails um, but this so far uh, Baldur's Gate has avoided that for the most part um, Okay. and if you're you know you have dabbled in Dungeons and Dragons or just tabletop role playing games in general you know it's just all about your imagination do whatever you want you can kind of uh, there's a lot of that freedom the, you know if you kind of just mess around experimenting with combining spell effects with different things and just like oh what if I shoot this with a fire arrow what happens and it turns out you can do whatever like it'll do this yeah um, i found out that you can um like drop a lit torch 
uh, as an archer and then use the lit torch to light your arrows and shoot, shoot arrow, like fire arrows. It, turn, it turns them into fire arrows. Uh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, you would never think, I mean, I, you know, it's just like, what happens if I do this? Yeah. And they thought, they thought of it and you, there's an effect for it. So there's a lot of weird interactions like that or cool stuff like that to mess around with. Um, and the story is really cool, you know, alien invasions and blah, 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 fantasy magic shit. Um, and I'm a sucker for that. And literally later today, when we finish recording our podcast, I will be playing Dungeons and Dragons. My friends and I started up a new campaign. Nice. Today's, today's the first session. So I'm very, excited for that uh, and I think that was because of Baldur's Gate it came out a couple weeks ago my friend was like hey what if I started DMing uh, you guys want to do a campaign or like, yeah. yes yes I guess we do so I'm excited for that later today very exciting so yeah Baldur's Gate 3 is available on PC and I guess it'll be on PS5 pretty soon and then actually speaking of video games I had a game that I wanted to talk about uh, so I recently finished playing uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5 uh, yes. which is really fun high recommend uh, it's one of those things that uh you know, I've heard it kind of described as like a game that really shows off the capabilities of the PS5 and what it's yeah. able to do and all that kind of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of like stuff where you can kind of portal through like to another side of the map and you kind of just get there and it's pretty neat and all that stuff. I had a really good time. I'm a big fan of all the Ratchet and Clank games. And this was just like, it's another one. And it's another one that I really enjoyed, you know, nice. <laughs> like that kind of thing. It just does it does it have the not to cut you off. Does it have that yeah. um, effect where like you kind of it's I guess it's not a launch title for PS5. I forget that they've been out for a while but I like I remember playing Uncharted which you know was like a launch title for I think PS3 or four, uh, whatever so, it was so Uncharted was not a launch title but it was like within the first year of the PS3's release yeah yeah and they're like our controllers have or motion shit in it and you're just like this <laughs> yeah. fucking sucks stop making me do like <laughs> uh, and things like that games right. that are like a first like look at what this thing can do um, does does this game have that for the PS5 it doesn't really do that no okay cool um, that's good yeah absolutely not and then the PS5 because the thing is the PS5 really has like its own kind of tech demo game like on the uh, console where it kind of oh, does really? all that. Yeah, Astro's Playroom, which is like, you know, it's like a four or five hour game. It's pretty fun, um, but it really does like more so than Ratchet and Clank really shows you like everything the controller can do. Like you can blow into it and it'll do like, oh my all, God. all that shit and like all, all that. It's, you know, yeah. there's, there's fun stuff there. But yeah, but Ratchet and Clank, uh, it's just super fun and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but really what I wanted to talk about is another high fantasy uh, game that uh, just came out uh, and that is Final Fantasy 16. Oh. Uh, and are you, you're not really a Final Fantasy guy, right, Mike? I'm not particularly. Um, I've tried a couple of them and sort of bounced off them. There's like the whole JRPG thing. Like also yeah. like Kingdom Hearts, you know, I never got into you also. I mean, um, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts guy. Uh, yeah, I know, know. <laughs> I know you're super into it. So I'm like, what, do you, what do you think of Final Fantasy 16? Uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, so I'm, I'm only about like five hours into it. And I think it's like a 35, 40 hour game or something like that. Um, if you only do the main story stuff, which is mm-hmm. typically as a gamer, that's what I do. I don't bother with uh, your pr- stupid little side quests. <laughs> Well, that's I where sh- the meat is. I just want to know what's going on in the story, you know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but Final Fantasy 16 uh, opens with this like kind of two or three hour prologue. And it's really, I think the prologue is really, really fun to play through. Uh, the only thing is, this is a game so far in like these first few hours of playing it where I feel like I am watching cutscenes more often than I am playing the actual game. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things like we're like a Metal Gear Solid kind of thing where it's just like, yep. all right, and now here's, I could put the controller down and watch a half hour of cutscenes um, <laughs> before yeah. I get to do anything again. And I think the story, like the setup for the story that the prologue kind of gives you is really interesting and fun. It really reminds me of the Northman uh, in terms of its setup. It is about a kingdom whose king is killed and you are the son and he has to and the mother is involved with the killing of the king and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And it also reminds me of Game of Thrones. I think it seems very heavily inspired by that. There's actually at one point somebody mentions the Iron Kingdom and I was like, are they allowed to say that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> can George R. R. Martin sue them for that? Wait, wait a second. Hold on. But yeah, I think it's it's really cool so far. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I do think it's uh, I, I don't think it's going to be up to the level of like, other Final Fantasy games that I've really loved. You know, your sevens, or your tens or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's a little bit less like anime stylized than other Final Fantasy games. And I kind of missed that. Like it's kind of going for a more like realism look to it. Mm. Um, But it is, it's not like the turn-based RPG combat that it used to be. It's more like an action RPG. Like it's just an action game now. And that's better for me as a player because I can actually finish this one probably. Uh, Because that's the thing with the Final Fantasy games. I've always really loved them. And I really loved 10, especially like that was my game. And I really liked 12 uh, and 13, but they were always games that I would get like 10 hours into and 
and be like, well, I don't know how to play this anymore because I'm bad. At it. Yeah, <laughs> just, fair. You know, um, but if all I have to do is smash stuff with my controller, that's easier to do. Like if I had to keep pressing square, it's a little bit easier of a game for me to get through and I can enjoy that more. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember playing um, Death Stranding which I don't remember if you know that. If you I do know the game. That. I have not played it, uh, but I have wanted to for a while. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it seems pretty cool. It's, you know, uh, Hideo Kojima's follow-up to the Metal Gear Solid games. Right. Um, and it's got Gerald Toro and Mads Mikkelsen and Lacey Du and uh, Norman Reedus, like, yeah. are in it and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and it was absolutely, I, it was on Game Pass, I think, which is, like, Microsoft's subscription. It's, like, $10 a month, and you just c- can play the games for free that you want. Um, so I was playing that, and I got, like, maybe six or seven hours into it, and I was like, I think I've played two hours and I've just been watching because it's just all they got to set up everything and it's just really long cutscenes and yeah. like blah 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 and I was like I'm out I don't have time for this shit like I get it uh, Kojima he's, he's gonna Kojima he's gonna do his thing uh, it's just I wasn't into it unfortunately yeah um, so I don't know check it out if, if you want to if you can yeah, get I it mean, for super cheap <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm more into story driven games and so I'm not it's usually not like a barrier for me but I, it was something I was like really feeling playing the uh, first few hours of Final Fantasy 16 where I was like man I haven't like hidden enemy in a while like i haven't like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't la- done anything and the last time i got to play something was like i had to walk from here to there and a new cutscene started you know like that yes, absolutely <laughs> like that's kind of what happened um so but i am enjoying it i think it's pretty solid uh you know i think it's not quite as good as final fantasy 7 remake uh which uh came out a couple years ago and there's a mm-hmm. sequel to that coming out next year but uh yeah still really enjoying it final fantasy 16 and uh it does start i mean the again the, the prologue i thought was really cool and the like the story that it sets up I think is really interesting and it opens with like a giant monster battle and then ends with another giant monster battle and I was like I'm in it's pretty cool That's all it takes. Uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy 16. It is available on PS5 right now, uh, and possibly on the Xbox S One S, whatever it is. What is it, Series X, Series S. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, that is the, the Xbox. Yeah, the the Xbox, whatever the current Xbox console is. <laughs> that was a real failure of branding, I think, with whatever the new next gen <laughs> next gen Xbox thing, right? Yeah, they really fucked that up. But anyway, Final Fantasy 16. It's out, uh, and then I have a couple movies that I wanted to talk about as well. Uh, some new releases. Uh, uh, first of which is a new horror movie called Talk to Me, uh, which is directed by Danny and Philip Georgiou, who I guess have been working as YouTubers uh, for many, many years under the name Raka Raka. They have been doing like horror shorts, you know, on YouTube for like the last 10 years or something. And now they've made a feature film. And I believe A24 uh, released this. They picked it up and it's very good. Liked it a lot. It's a really cool horror movie. It's about this group of teens in Australia and it's they go to parties and they have this disembodied hand, as you do. Yeah. Uh, and they're at these parties and this disembodied hand, uh, they kind of discover that if they grab the hand and say, talk to me, uh, then demons will appear and uh, they will possess their bodies for like a, for a very brief moment of time. And so being teens, they start abusing this. Uh, of course. And, and, you know, it's, you know, it's basically like teen drug parties, but they're like summoning demons. And of course, it's like grief for madness, but demons. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Uh, and of course, this goes horribly awry, as you can expect. Uh, things do not turn out well when you summon the forces of darkness. Uh, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, I think the movie is really effective horror. Uh, there's some really gross, uh, grotesque sequences. Uh, and the ending is just perfect. Like, it's a perfect ending for this movie that um, it, it completes this story, but also kind of opens it up for, like, more movies, theoretically, which uh, I believe they have announced they're going to make a talk to me. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's it's really solid, and I'm excited to see what these directors do next. It sounds like the sequel is what's next, actually. But there's, yeah, really effective horror stuff i think you i think you would really dig this movie mike yeah this definitely one has been on my radar and i'm like keeping an eye on it for when it comes uh on vod and i can watch it because i got Baldur's gate to play i can't be right. in the theaters but, yeah. um, <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but yeah this is one i definitely really want to check out um and you just made me think of uh with the talk to me thing um did you see that the the happy death day to me guys people are doing the new scream that's uh, exciting yeah, yes yeah the happy death day director christopher landon who also did freaky um i guess the radio silence guys are not coming back for scream seven i think uh, they're producing or something i saw maybe but yeah I, they're I, not I, directing. Think, I think they're working on a new movie like 
aside from Scream, like a new original ah. thing, uh, which is why they weren't coming back. But uh, yeah, Christopher Landon is directing Scream 7, which, uh, hey, that's a good choice. I'm excited about that. That's cool. I really love Freaky, so that's exciting. Yeah, Freaky's great. The two Happy Death Days are really fun. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But yeah, Talk To Me, very good. I think you would enjoy it, Mike. And then one other new release that I wanted to talk about uh, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, uh, which is a new animated Ninja Turtles movie directed by Jeff Rowe, who is a co-director on The Mitchells vs. The Machines, uh, oh. which is a movie I really enjoyed. Uh, and I think you like that movie as well, Mike. Yes, definitely. Really love that movie. Uh, and so, yeah, Ninja Turtles. This movie's a delight. It's great. Really enjoyed it. I've never been like the biggest Ninja Turtles guy. I've always enjoyed the Turtles. Who doesn't? Who amongst right. us does not enjoy the Turtles? You know, do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle, Mike? Just out of curiosity. Ask Mikey, of course. Yeah, Mikey is also mine. And I think part of that was because his name is Mike. Uh, I 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm six. That's all I can think about. <laughs> exactly. Also, he was the funny one. So it, yeah. it, that also helped. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed the Ninja Turtles as a kid. I definitely like saw at least the first movie uh, back then and I used to watch the cartoon and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I was a more casual than like it wasn't one of those things where I was like really obsessed with it. It was just like a thing that I liked. Yeah. Uh, and so this new Ninja Turtles movie is like a reboot of the series. Uh, it's an animated movie. And it have you seen any trailers for this movie, Mike? Or have you seen like the look of this at all? Yeah, I know it's like like a pseudo claymation like hand drawn thing going on, right? Yeah, like I, there's like a weird physical <laughs> aspect to it, right? Yeah, I mean, basically it's, you know, it's CG animation, but it's in yeah. the style of like, you know, Spider-Verse has really changed the game for what animated movies can look like in America. True, <laughs> and, true. Uh, and this movie looks gross and it's really fun because you have the turtles and they look great, uh, but then there's also all these other mutants running around and they all are oh. disgusting. Uh, and it's really fun. And there's like, you know, characters like Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, and then also just a lot of like real deep cut Ninja Turtles stuff. Um, I think the director, Jeff Rowe, has kind of said that like what his goal in terms of like what the look of this movie was going to be was like, I want this to look like the sketches in a teenager's book as he's like kind of doodling like in class or something like a really cool. good sketch, like, like a teenager who's like really talented at sketching. Yeah. Um, but like just looks like, you know, sketches. And it, I think it really accomplishes that goal. And so, yeah, it's about the four Ninja Turtles uh, living underground with Splinter. Splinter is played by Jackie Chan. And that's really fun. And he's that's great. Awesome. He's great in it. And also uh, the four turtles are all voiced by actual teenagers, like actually like 15 year olds. Uh, cool. And so they all have like fairly high pitched voices. Like a lot of the, like their voices haven't broken yet. Uh, yeah. And, and so it just, it creates a very different feel than I think other Ninja Turtles movies have had. And it's just about them uh, wanting to be accepted by the human world and be kind of taken, like, you know, they want that kind of a human connection. Uh, and they meet April O'Neil and they kind of, like, they kind of have a common goal toward figuring out, like, oh, who's behind all these bank robberies in town? Turns out to be connected to their past and all that stuff. It's just a really fun animated superhero movie that, like, has a distinctive look. And it's, I'm really glad that Spider-Verse exists, both because it's great, but also because it seems to have really opened the doors for other animated movies to uh, take more risks and do weirder stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is one. And isn't Seth Rogen somebody involved in this? Uh, yeah, also? Ro Rogen produced it, uh, and okay. I think was kind of the the instrumental person in terms of like getting it made. Um, mm. But yeah, I know he produced it, and I know he vo he voices either Bebop or Rocksteady, whichever. Like it's, <laughs> I don't remember which one's which. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's one of them, and the other one is somebody. I, I think John Cena is the other is the other one. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And like Paul Rudd plays like a gecko and Rose Burns in it and all that stuff. There's, it's a really fun voice cast they got for this too. And, Ice, awesome. and Ice Cube is the main villain. What? Yeah. <laughs> that rocks. That's so cool. Um, yeah, this is one that I like didn't really even know is like coming out or whatever. And then like every now and then I'd like or I'd see the poster for it at the theater. I'm uh, being like, what is this? Is this some like kind of like you know, direct to VOD or whatever kind of thing. Uh, obviously not because it's at the theater, but you know, right. like I hadn't really seen it hyped up. Um, and then I think maybe saw the trailer once. And I was like, this looks cool as hell. And then, you know, it came out and everybody's been loving it. So that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, the, you know, the, God bless Spider-Verse, I guess, for giving us this kind of animation revolution or whatever in, the, in, in America. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem is out in theaters right now. And Mike D, what else you've been watching? Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll try and go with the, the Mitchells versus the Machines Phil Lord and Chris Miller connection to After Party Season 2. There you go. Uh, I got it. 
uh, which I don't even know where this <clears throat> is. This an Apple thing? I don't even know. Honestly, uh, this is on Apple TV Plus. Yes, but I'm, assu- <laughs> but I'm assuming that you're just finding other means to watch it. It just appears on a, th- a thing that I watch sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, and yes, After Party season one, which after you uh, much t- talking it up to me, loved watched watched it, loved it, uh, which is about the, a death at a after party. Um, and each episode, the whole shtick is the cops have come. They're interviewing all the guests at the after party, and as they tell their story, each episode is then a different genre and style. And uh, this, I think that's a class reunion in the first one, and in yes. this one... It is a wedding where the groom dies, uh, and then the next morning they find him dead, and they begin the whole thing again. And it's, uh, it's, uh, Sam Richardson is in it. Tiffany Haddish is the detective. Yep. Now she's a private detective, and I forget who plays Sam Richardson's girlfriend because she's uh, also from season one. Yeah, Zoe Chow. Um, Zoe Chow, yes. Yeah, who was also in Party Down season three, and she's very funny in that too. Nice. Um, yeah, and this is great. If you if you like the first one, if you like season one, season two is more of the same, and it's great. Uh, I've only watched the first two episodes, and it's very funny because like they're I don't remember them being this aware of it in the first episode in the first season but in episode one Tiffany Haddish she's on the you know they're on the phone and she's like it happened again okay give me the rom-com sequel and it's just like <laughs> like they're just <laughs> acknowledging that that's what they do now <laughs> which is pretty yeah. funny I mean they, they uh, definitely the season season one kind of opens with like her giving a speech being like everybody's story is its own genre like that oh kind of thing. yeah I think you're right yeah. and, and and there's a moment in this season this first episode which I've also seen only the first two episodes of this season uh, there's a moment in the in that first episode where I think when she shows up and she's like a, giving the exact same speech to like this crowd of people and I think you cut away to just Sam Richardson doing something else because like, you, yeah. you've seen this already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think she says, I like to call it your mind movies. Yes. And then yeah, it cuts to Sam Richardson and he's like not involved in the conversation. Um, yeah, so that's pretty fun. So then episode two is like a uh, Pride and Prejudice. like uh, Yeah, like a Jane Austen uh, yeah. style of romance, right? Yeah, this like period drama thing, which is very fun. And yeah, it's been great. The cast of it, uh, uh, Ken Jong is the other one that I recognize off the top of my head or right now. But there's a lot of people that like I've just recognized from like comedies and that kind of, you know, uh, th- that environment. Um, so that's very fun. And I'm excited to watch the rest of it because I, th- I don't I guess there, there's six episodes out so far. And I assume maybe 10 episodes or eight. But you never really know. It's some of these streaming seasons they kind of just like vanish yeah <laughs> or I, just cut off and end so i, I don't know i believe it's supposed to be 10 episodes it might be eight um but I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be 10 uh and yeah i've also only watched the first two like you said there's like six episodes out so we're i'm a few weeks behind but yeah i know that uh upcoming episodes there's like a film noir episode there's like a wes anderson episode nice. uh you know all that kind of stuff so there should be a lot of fun uh stuff to come in the after party season two uh i was a little worried just because i was like oh man the cast of the first one is so great how can they replicate it uh you know you're gonna miss that ben schwartz energy yeah, um, but uh, but they got a lot of really great people involved with this one. And so you have, yeah, the returning characters in the first one with Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow and Tiffany Haddish. But then you also have Ken Jeong and uh, Zach Woods, um, who was on yes. Silicon Valley in the office. Uh, and John Cho plays like the crazy uncle. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, <laughs> about it, uh, in the show. So, uh, yeah, very excited to uh, watch the rest of the after party um, because, yeah, it's and I think it's off to a very strong start. The first two episodes are really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's the guy? Um, he's the like the best friend that's always got the fedora on who I assume will do the noir episode. Oh, uh, it's uh, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Um, yes. The guy who played Richard Jewell in Clint Eastwood's <laughs> Richard Jewell. <laughs> that's absolutely who I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, and he's hilarious. And in that one sketch on, uh, I think you should leave when he like bags on his wife at poker night. And then it's just oh, right. like a long flashback <laughs> of, of like how lovely and supportive she is to him. <laughs> <laughs> he just ends with like I shouldn't have said that. Um, he's great uh, and he's very funny and he's I, I love the way that they're just kind of like skewering crypto bros and Silicon Valley bullshit and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm very excited to watch the rest of it. It's very good. Nice. All right. So that's the After Party season two and that's on Apple TV Plus right now. Do you have any other things that you want to talk about, Mike, or should I just run down my stuff? Um, yeah, I got a couple more things. Um, just the Ip Man movies. Uh, it's kind of ancillary to uh, uh, the Complete Works Pod, which we yes. just will be coming out. I don't remember how the schedules work for these shows. But, uh, uh, that will will be coming out after this episode. Okay. So we'll be talking about uh, Master Z, Ip Man Legacy, and Michelle Yeoh's role in that, which is a spinoff of the Donnie Yen Ip Man franchise, um, which takes place, uh, takes a character from Ip Man 3 and gives him his own story. So I was like, well, I got to watch Ip Man 1, 2, and 3. I got to know what's going on. Yeah. And I probably could have got away without watching these, but turns out they fucking rule. All these movies are great. <laughs> Donnie Yen is awesome. Um, it takes you know, the kind of real life person of Ip Man, who was a martial arts grandmaster that eventually trained Bruce Lee. And these movies go to great lengths to remind you of that 
at the end of every single movie. It's yes, just like a, a real life picture, a text on screen. It's like, and eventually he <laughs> would train Priestley. <laughs> like, okay, I get it, bro. Yep. Um, and then, so it takes that character and kind of like mythologizes him, takes him uh, into other grand historical contexts, uh, you know, the Japanese invasion right before World War II uh, and all this other stuff. Um, and it, they're awesome. The martial arts is great. Donnie Yen is great. Eventually, Yun Wu Ping gets involved. And then you're like, hell yeah. Sam, Sammo Hung's in uh, Ip Man 2, which we keep talking about is just Rocky 4. Yep. And it fucking rules. It's great. Yeah, I had so fun. much fun with it. Um, so I'm glad I got to watch those, Ip, the Ip Man movies. Check them out. I still have to watch. There's a fourth one, Ip Man 4. Yes. Uh, I have not gotten to it yet. Uh, I have watched Ip Man 4. I actually just watched that this past weekend. Uh, and yeah, it's also very good. I like that like, like that movie a lot. I think it's actually one of the stronger Ip Man movies. And it uh, has Ip Man in San Francisco. It has Bruce Lee, or not obviously not actually Bruce Lee, but somebody playing Bruce Lee uh, yeah. in a kind of major supporting role. Uh, and it faces him off against Scott Adkins. Uh, and it's good stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's the that's the fun thing. It's Ip Man Three. Mike Tyson. Like, what is going yeah. on? Um, <laughs> there's always some like other person you like don't you least expect Ip Man to be squared up against. Exactly. <laughs> Dave Batista is in Master Z. That's very fun. Yeah, um, and Mike Tyson's action scene is really good in uh, Ip Man is. Three. The uh, the scene where he's fighting Ip Man and Mike Tyson like has like punches through like a wall of windows. <laughs> like, yeah, just a wall of glass windows, and then a glass shard like goes flying and slices off a little girl's balloon who I don't think was in the scene before that. She's like, she she is in the scene before that. Okay. It man walks in there and for some reason she's riding a tricycle with a balloon tied to it in a warehouse. In a warehouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense <laughs> just for this moment later on when yes. Mike Tyson punches a glass shard through it. Uh, yeah, but then later Mike Tyson picks her up and it's like, I guess she's like his daughter or something. <laughs> yeah, she's in one other scene before that uh, in the warehouse, but I don't really understand what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I want my balloon. And he's just like, oh yeah. And they walk out of the like, and, and then Mike Tyson walks out of the movie. He's not in it yeah. anymore. <laughs> he never comes back. Yeah, that's it. Um, there's like this this mutual respect thing where like they they both could have got a final blow on each other but stop at the same time. Yeah. And they're like, huh, we part as friends. You're like, okay, I guess. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that in those movies, and those are those are very fun. Donnie Yen's great. Um so yeah, that's the that's the it man franchise. Nice. All right. And uh yeah, speaking got, of martial uh, you got one more? I got one more thing. I don't know if you want me to do finish or you have Yeah, you, you, got. You, you can go for it and then I'll just go through and blast my stuff. Okay, sure. Yeah. I watched um the new Netflix original movie uh called River Wild. Ah yes. And, yes, and this stars uh Taron Killian, uh Killam, Killian? I don't know. Taron Killam. Taron Killam, uh Adam Brody, Leighton Meester, who I didn't know is married to Adam Brody. Um huh. and uh this is a remake of a Mike D beloved classic, The River Wild. Um, okay, so I have not seen The River Wild. Oh, interesting. I think we've talked about that before. I think we did, yeah. <laughs> that might be a movie that you're going to make me watch at some point this year. It might be on your list, actually. <laughs> it's. I don't think it's on this year, but I'm regretting it's not on this year. It's going to be on next year. <laughs> it's happening uh, next year? <laughs> it's happening next year. Um, yeah, and that is a movie about... So I think the interesting thing is this is kind of like a forgotten weird action movie. It's The original one is David Strathairn and Meryl Streep are a married couple, and their son is the kid from Jurassic Park who I don't know who that kid's name. Is <laughs> um, it Matt? Mazzello, Joe Mazzello? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. From Undrafted, Undrafted fans. Yes. That's um, <laughs> no, for producer Colin. Um, yes, he's in it, he's their son, and they're kind of on this, like, you know, their relationship's a little bit rocky, and they're, like, going on one last family vacation to see if they can save the marriage thing, and they come across John C. Riley and Kevin Bacon on the river. Uh, they're kind of, like, you know, in a canoe, struggling real hard, clearly, like, don't know what they're doing, and they're on, like, you know, whitewater rafting river section, you know, and, and uh, so they take him in and they're like, OK, we're going to we're going to help you out, you know, make sure you don't die. And then it turns out they are two people that have robbed a bank and are trying to get to Canada via the river. So they take them hot, they take the family hostage and then, you know, action thriller things ensue. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's real fun. The interesting thing, River Wild turns that around a little bit where um, Taron Killian and Adam Brody are these kind of like guys with shady pasts. Like you have this idea that they used to be, you know, uh, Adam Brody's talking about like just getting out of prison and like kind of turning his life around and all this stuff. And Leighton Meester's uh, Taron Killian's sister. So she joins whatever. They're on this river rafting thing and so somebody does a thing to somebody else on the trip you know somebody gets hurt uh and they have to get them to safety but maybe one of the people is working against them because if this person survives they'll know what they he did you know right. kind of thing so it turns it around a little bit i thought that was kind of like an interesting way to remake this you know like uh, as far as an adaptation into a modern era i guess i don't know i guess bank robberies don't really happen <laughs> whatever um <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's dark. It's like 90 minutes. Uh, so it's, you know, pretty in and out. But it, it felt a lot like darker and meaner than the other one. Because, you know, it's Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley being like cr- criminal villains and, you right. know, like that kind of stuff. And this is like maybe somebody assaulted somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know, like it's kind of intense yeah. and darker and just kind of as things spiral uh, and like, you know, there's the things become unhinged. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I, it's pretty fun. I, I maybe really I almost like back to back the the River Wild right after watching it. Yeah. But it was like one in the morning and I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but it did make me want to go back and rewatch the first one. Okay. But yeah, check it out. River Wild on Netflix. Surprise and and the thing that surprised me the most, honestly, is you know, Adam Brody and Taryn Killam usually like funny, sarcastic, like goof yeah. em up guys. They're like hard hard criminal people in this. Um so it's like kind of interesting turns for both of them. Uh and and it, and it was surprised. It was real good. Okay, nice. That's River Wild, uh, which is a remake of The River Wild, or actually I'm I'm looking it up right now. It's because I, I had no idea this existed. I had no idea Me, there was like I a remake. I saw of... one person tweet about it and I was like, that can't be the same thing, right? Like what is this? And I went and looked at it and like, yeah, it says it was a remake of The River Wild. Yeah, appa- apparently. So I mean they I say it's a reimagining of the River Wild, but they're also calling it a standalone sequel that takes place in the same universe as the original <laughs> River Wild. Sure, <laughs> in why not? I'm down for this like crime river universe. <laughs> That sounds awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, the river, river wild. There's no the. It's cleaner. Um, <laughs> is uh, is on Netflix right now. So uh, yeah, Mike D says worth checking out. Even it, it sounds like if you're a fan of the River Wild, you might enjoy River Wild. Um, you know, it's uh, cooler than a billion rivers. <laughs> a billion rivers. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's River Wild, and that's the end of Mike D stuff, I think, right? Yes, I'm out of things. Okay, so I got just a few more things to uh, get through as well. First of which, uh, we had the most recent Inferno of Danger at the Roxy uh, back in July, and uh, this uh, was The Legend of Drunken Master, a.k.a. Drunken Master 2. Uh, it was called The Legend of Drunken Master when it came out in the U.S. because the original Drunken Master wasn't released here, so it was like, well, we yeah. got to call, <laughs> call it something else other than 2 so people will go to it. But yeah, Legend of Drunken Master uh, is one of Jackie Chan's best movies and uh, had a really good time rewatching this one because uh, it had been a few years since I watched it and uh, had never seen it with a crowd. And the crowd was fantastic uh, nice. for this movie. It was almost sold out and it was a very enthusiastic, like big cheers, like, you know, all applause throughout the entire movie, all that, all that kind of stuff. At one point, actually at several points, there was this one woman in the crowd who anytime Jackie Chan was about to get into a fight, you would hear her shout. She was like the, big, like the front of the theater. Yeah, let's go, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which was very fun and made for a very fun environment to watch the movie in. So yeah, The Legend of Drunken Master, if you have not seen this one, which might be, I don't think you have, right? I have not. I I have my my Jackie Chan oeuvre is pretty pretty lacking. Yes, because uh, yeah, I mean I know you've seen the police stories uh, and yes. you've seen you know the Michelle Yeoh adjacent stuff, uh, and I know yeah. you've seen City Hunter. <laughs> City Hunter, you know the the rush hours, the yeah, uh, your Shanghai the, noons the and Shanghai, whatnot. Yeah, you get it. Uh, but yeah, Legend the of the Master, <laughs> the Tuxedo. <laughs> That movie we all reference uh, all the time, all the Tuxedo. Blood and Dragon Master, if you want like a real good entryway into Jackie Chan's Hong Kong movies, uh, this is one of the best ones. It's so much fun. Uh, Anita Moy, also in it uh, from the Heroic Trio. Uh, nice. Yeah, she plays like Jackie Chan's uh, stepmother in the movie, uh, and she's very fun. So yeah, Legend of Drunken Master is great. I recommend. Got to watch that at the Roxy. And actually, we're showing the Heroic Trio uh, in August for the Inferno of Danger. Ooh. So yeah, it's, an, it's an Anita Moy double feature. Is uh, the stealth Anita Moy series that I've been doing at the Roxy. But yeah, also uh, last night at the Roxy, just went to go back and watch Triple R for the fifth time. And uh, that movie still rules. If you haven't, if you have the chance to watch Triple R in a theater, you should take it. It's great. I recommend. I I still can't believe that people aren't like trashing theaters when they see it. (laughs) I don't believe you. Yeah. Ripping the seats up off the, uh, exactly (laughs) off the ground. And uh, yeah, no, it's very, very fun. And uh, yeah, just, it's always a great crowd. And truly this is my fifth time watching it. I think it's my fourth time watching it in theaters. Never gets old. Never gets old. It's, and, and every single time we schedule it i'm like this could be like i i wasn't gonna go this time i was not gonna go see triple r again because i was like you know what i've seen it four times i'm good and then my girlfriend cheryl said that her sister had not seen it yet uh (laughs) 
Got it. And so, yeah. So we were like, oh, well, if your sister hasn't seen it yet and her fiance hasn't seen it yet, then like we should take them and we should make them watch Triple R. And uh, they both really enjoyed it too. So uh, yeah, Triple R, it's great. Uh, if you have the chance to watch it in theaters, definitely recommend. Also at the Roxy, uh, we have been doing this Coen Brothers series uh, throughout the entire summer. And uh, just wanted to, and I've been going to most of them. I, I've only missed one so far, actually. The one I missed was Miller's Crossing, which I was kind of bummed about because I haven't seen that one in a long time. So I'm going to try to rewatch that at some point soon. But Did Blood Simple and Raising Arizona early in July. And I think I may have talked about that in a previous uh, episode, but yeah, those movies both still great. Raising Arizona still uh, among my favorites, but Barton Fink, my all time, one of my all time favorite movies and my favorite Coen Brothers movie played on 35 millimeter at the Roxy. And uh, it was a really great experience watching that on the big screen. Uh, hadn't seen that in years. And uh, yeah, that movie is fantastic. Uh, I made you watch that for Mike Makes Mike Watch uh, a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time ever watching it. And that fucking ruled. But I haven't seen it since. And yeah, I got I still have a, a bunch of uh, Coen movies that I haven't seen. So this would have been a, per- yeah. prime, a prime series for Mike D. But yes. alas. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're in Montana again. I mean, maybe you should just move out to Montana. It was just, you know, throw it out there. But yeah, Barton Fink, it was fantastic on the big screen. I also went to go see Fargo, which is a great sold out crowd. And that's a movie I don't think I had seen since college. Um, So it was very fun to watch that again. Uh, Because at that point, I was I was like almost more familiar with the Fargo TV show than I was the movie, you know, like I. Yeah, because I've watched that more recently. But yeah, Fargo Fargo is one of those movies that. Uh, somehow just like entered my friend group, like on a, on a molecular level. Yeah. Like we like me, producer Colin and I, like whenever we're like, you know, going away for the weekend and we go like get a house and stuff and we like wake up hungover on the next day, you know? On like the Saturday, yeah, we're like gotta have a breakfast, Marge. Like, they're like, <laughs> just quoting this, like quoting this movie. Like, yeah, gotta have a breakfast. Yes. Like, why? And it makes no why Fargo of all those movies. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of that, man, what a pure relationship that uh, Marge and yeah. Norm have. It's it's so good. <laughs> they they pick the mallard for the two cent two cent. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they're saying. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny after the movie. Um, to, you know, I watched it, really enjoyed it. Like, it's great. It's a great film, obviously. And the second the movie ended, there were these two girls behind me who were obviously watching it for the first time. And yeah. their first question was like, uh, they, like, I heard them like, oh, man, that was really good. What was the point of that Mikey Anagita scene? <laughs> <laughs> like like the second uh, it ended that was their first question and they kept going on about like ah, i just don't get like why that was like part of the movie like they didn't have anything to do with the plot and i wasn't gonna like confront them about it but like in my head i was like that's like the key to the movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it informs marge's arc for the rest of the film like that's right <laughs> But I thought that was very funny. It's just like that's it's one of those discussions that like people have had for years and it was yeah. just very funny for them to like them to be watching it for the first time and that was their first reaction to it. Like <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, Fargo is great. And then uh just watched Oh Brother Where Art Thou in a Pax Theater uh this past week. And uh that was an old favorite of mine. Like uh, you know, Fargo it sounds like for you, but Oh Brother was like that was a movie where like that had entered my lexicon and I would quote that all the time and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it was one of the first Coen Brothers movies I ever saw, I think. And yeah, it still holds up. It's great. Really fun. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, there was just a uh, George Clooney episode of Screen Drafts podcast recently. Oh, yeah? Maybe. Oh, Brother or Art Thou came up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> was it number one? I think it was. Yeah. Nice. No, it's, a good, um, it's a good choice. I think it, it's truly like a great Clooney role. Like it's, I don't know, yeah. it's just some, something about that character like kind of gets the, like the suaveness and the dumbness that George Clooney can play so well. Like it's all there in just one character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the, the the we're in a tight spot. Uh, yeah, damn, we're in a tight spot. Uh, <laughs> I don't want fop. I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I say all the time. Um, <laughs> I do love that movie. Yeah, it's it's great, and the soundtrack's fantastic, and uh, you know, it's just such a. I, I kind of forgot like how rambling it sort of is. Like it's just like a, yeah. a, a series of events that happens, but obviously it's just adapting the Odyssey, and it's kind of just taking its cues from that. But uh, yeah, it's so fun. The the whole like KKK rally that they destroy is just a yeah. wild sequence. And John Goodman is so good in the movie uh, when he just like <laughs> takes a like a stick and beats uh, George Clooney and Tim Blake Nelson with it. Uh, we thought he was a toad is uh, yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, Man of Constant think- Sorrow, just a banger. <laughs> I think that's the movie that kind of uh, introduced me to uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Okay, where, like, yeah. For a long time, like he was the guy from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and then I don't know what movie that I was like I should learn this person's name. See, for, <laughs> for me, the, my Tim Blake Nelson movie was Holes, uh, where he plays oh, Mr. Pendanski in Holes. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about Holes. Yeah, you kind holes. of just unlocked a core memory for me. Holes. Uh, I actually saw Holes on 35 millimeter at the Roxy last year. <laughs> 
that rules. <laughs> it's, it holds up. It's pretty good. It's a fun movie. Um, but yeah. Stanley, Stanley Yelnats. Yeah, Stanley Yelnats, uh, which is backwards, Stanley Yelnats. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I used to read holes all the time and then watch the movie all the time. It was a, it was mm. a core movie for me as a kid. But uh, yeah, and then also the camp counselors in that movie are Tim Blake Nelson, John Voight, and Sigourney Weaver. Just wild. Wild. <laughs> wild That's stuff. crazy. Uh, and that is a movie that uh, actually my girlfriend and I quote all the time. Whenever anything is going wrong, uh, <laughs> whenever... <laughs> Whenever anything is going wrong or, or like something has not gone my girlfriend's way, she will say, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. And, oh. and I'm like, that's too damn bad. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the Dulé Hill. I could fix that. I could uh, fix that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but O Brother anyway. is so good. Also, also Holly Hunter and O Brother is really funny uh, as well as George Clooney's wife. And uh, she has also maybe my favorite line in the movie um, when because she keeps telling the uh, the girls that um, he was hit by a train. Yeah. Uh, and and that's why he's not in their live anymore. And he's like, and, and another thing, why are you telling these girls that I've been hit by a train? And she, her response is lots of respectable people have been hit by trains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Amazing. Just so good. And yeah, when they first see the girls, the uh, the scene where they're describing like the new man that is in uh, Holly Hunter's life and it's like, oh, he's bona fide. He's a suitor. And they just keep saying he's a suitor over and over again. It's yeah, it's great. A perfect movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? Good times. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> good movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but then, yeah, oh, brother, where art thou? And then finally, one last thing. Uh, I did want to talk about a TV show I've been watching, uh, oh. a revival of sorts of one of my favorite shows of the 2010s, uh, Justified, City Primeval. And were you ever uh, a fan of Justified, Mike? Did you ever watch that show? I did not. Okay. I watched, I think, maybe like the first or second episode when it, like, when it was first coming out. Okay. Uh, and for some reason didn't keep watching it. And then it became one of those things where it was like, well, now I got to watch a bunch of seasons. Uh, <laughs> so I just haven't watched it. Uh, but I know everybody loves it. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a fantastic. It's sort of a, a police procedural show, but it has like, you know, larger overarching stories every season. Um, but basically Justified was uh, based on an Elmore Leonard short story that starred Timothy Alphant as U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens. And he returns to his hometown of Harlan, Kentucky, and he kind of deals with uh, Boyd Crowder, played by Walton Goggins, who becomes a character throughout the entire series, uh, but was only meant to be like in it for a few episodes and just kind of he became like the fan favorite. He's incredible incredible in that show i mean walton goggins incredible in pretty much everything um but that was like my big walton goggins thing was like justified it was he was great in it um and yeah and there's so much great stuff in justified and that show ends in a really great way uh and then a few uh, uh about a year ago they announced that fx was bringing justified back uh for a limited series like a, a short like, you know, eight episode series where they were going to be adapting the book City Primeval, another Elmore Leonard book, uh, oh. which does not have U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens in it, the book. But mm-hmm. they were like, but we can take this, add Raylan Givens, and suddenly people will want to watch it. You know, like that's <laughs> suddenly we'll be rolling in money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's that's essentially what happened. So they got Timothy Alphon back as Raylan Givens, and it's a sequel to Justified of sorts. Um, but Raylan's the only character that kind of returns from that show. And it's now he's not in Kentucky. He is uh, moved to Detroit uh, to help out with a case out there. Uh, and he's also caring for his daughter, uh, who was a baby when Justified was happening, but is now like 13 years old. Uh, she is played by Timothy Alphonse's actual daughter in real life, uh, which is kind of a fun thing. Although I do think she is the weakest link in the show. So, <laughs> so there's that. It's almost tragic. But uh, yeah, the show is really, really fun. It kind of uh, harkens back to Justified. And it's just really nice to see Raylan Givens on TV again, because um, Timothy Alphonse just slips into that character so well and he's so good in that role uh but it also feels different from justified like because i think the different setting it's in detroit now uh boyd holbrook is the kind of the main villain of uh of this season uh keith david is in the the season uh david cross makes an appearance uh, as well in episode five and yeah it's it's a really fun like complicated crime story a lot of moving parts and uh it's i think it's it's doing a pretty good job of like uh, you know it's adapting that book city primeval which did not have raylan in it but it's doing yeah. a good, it's doing a good job of adapting that book while also giving Raylan enough to do to make it seem worth it for him to be involved. <laughs> right. He doesn't feel like forced into it. Yeah, exactly. And at the same time, like there are like long stretches of the show that don't have Raylan in it. Like I, I feel like it's like really focused on like building out the other characters. And so even though it's called Justified City Primeval, like it is a sequel to that show. It has that character, but it's it doesn't feel like it's like required to have Timothy Oliphant show up in every scene, you know, mm, like yeah. <laughs> for like audience uh 
you know, nostalgia or whatever. Like it just feels like a very natural, natural continuation um, of the show. And uh, yeah, really, really enjoying it. So yeah, Justified City Primeval, five episodes are out right now. And I think it's going to be an eight episode series. Um, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like, uh, I, I've seen this kind of thrown around there, how like Peter Falk would just play Columbo in like TV movies until he right. died, basically. Like, like, like yeah, I wouldn't yeah, mind yeah. seeing that for Timothy Oliphant and uh, Raylan. Like every, like every couple of years, just do like a new Justified series or a TV movie or whatever. It'd be pretty fun. That'd be pretty awesome. That would, I would love that, even though I like have no connection to the story. Like, I, <laughs> just like know, anything, just to know that's out there. <laughs> yeah, just to know it exists and like that that could be possible in today's world. Yeah, uh, would be fun. And yeah, I mean, even the even the the teaser trailer that I saw or commercial or whatever for this season you know, a while ago where it's just like a cowboy hat blowing down a city street. Yeah. Uh, and then he, Timothy Oliphant bends over and picks it up and he puts it on. And I was like, this fucking rules. Yeah. I like, I got, like I got no connection <laughs> to this at all, but this is cool as hell. Yeah. Um, love, love a Keith David. That's exciting. He actually just got announced um, in destiny Two that he'll be taking over the character that Lance Reddick uh, was the voice actor for. Oh, really? Be, Keith David will be taking over for it. Yeah. Going forward. So that's pretty cool. Excited for that. You know, he was, he had a whole video about it. Um, so, you know, love, love to see Keith David. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, if you need a new show to watch, uh, Justified is uh, six seasons of it. And uh, I'm not going to say there. I, I think there's like, you know, dips a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is overall just a really great show. Uh, the dialogue is so good. There's so many like, lines from Justified that like I have like burned into my mind uh, wow. for whatever reason. There's this one, <laughs> this one line that uh, Raylan has that he like is in like season four of Justified or something where he's saying to like some criminal uh, who is like constantly blaming everyone else around him for like the shitty things that are happening to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And Raylan says, you know, you run into an asshole once in a while. You run into an asshole. You run into an asshole every day. You're the asshole. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and for some reason, that line is just like stuck with me. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, you know, and also this other, like other, this one other line where he references Big Lebowski. No wonder you love this show. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's like talking to his partner uh, and she, he says like, uh, Donnie, you're out of your element. And she's like, what? It's from Lebowski. Netflix it. You can be one of the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. The, the show just had a really great way with dialogue and especially from Walton Goggins who just really delivered that stuff, uh, you know, handed it up and was so much fun. So I, f- uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I have, like I said, I haven't seen this show, but I feel like Goggins has never gotten out of playing his character from <laughs> justified from what I've heard. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's only played like different versions of that character basically. Yeah. Uh, and does it so well. He's fantastic. But yeah, but if you don't want to like go back and do the homework for justified, like you could watch city primeval pretty cold. Like it references the fact that they were from Harlan, Kentucky, but they don't like, they have not mentioned a single character from that show or like an event that happened there or anything. Like it's pretty standalone on its own thing. So, uh, yeah, justified city primeval. It is airing right now on FX and then it's on Hulu the next day. So people can watch it there. Nice. Yeah, but that uh, that, is, that is it for me, Mike. That's all I got. Yeah, we did we did it for we me. D- not having uh, a lot of stuff, we somehow made it past an hour. So yes. good job, good job, us. <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to be it for this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd, and uh, at MD Film Blog Social on Blue Sky. Uh, and if you want to donate to support the show, you could do that on our Kofi page, which is kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you would like some merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike mikepods.redbubble.com yes indeed you can find me online at msmithfilmblog on twitter also on blue sky uh, which uh, thank you, thanks again to Mike D for giving me the blue sky invite code and getting me on there and so yeah well, now now we're both on blue sky and uh, we have to rebuild our following such as it is yes we'll have the show uh, account eventually once the next one of us gets an uh, invite code <laughs> I guess yeah it's gonna be weird to invite ourselves to uh, <laughs> yeah to, I don't know how that sky. works we gotta look into that yeah but uh, there you go thank you for listening to Mike and Mike go to the movies I'm Mike Smith, the Mike's Cree Show. Oh, and also I'm on Radio Mike Sandwich Instagram and Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd. This whole Blue Sky thing is throwing me off. That's uh, it. It <laughs> fucked up the whole thing. <laughs> uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts about kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, so next week, oh, I didn't update the copy. It just says discussions. What are we doing next week? Uh, let's uh, what let's do we see. Got? We, I got, I'm looking at the schedule. Hold on. I'm reloading it. Reloading it. It's a Mike makes Mike watch. Hey, nice. Nice. I I don't remember what we're doing for that, but we will do that. Uh, (laughs) I have, I happen to have my list open. Oh, you um, do? Because I was creating the 2024 one and putting uh, the River Wild on it while I was thinking about it. So for me, I'm making you watch Ice Cold in Alex. Ice Cold in Alex. Okay. From what? Jaylee Thompson. Yes. A Jaylee Thompson joint. Mike D's favorite filmmaker. 
1958. You don't even, you don't even know, Mike. You want to see a movie that everybody was like, "Hey, J. Lee Thompson, did you just rip off Wages of Fear?" And he was like, "I've never heard of the film." <laughs> <laughs> his, his reaction to, to those accusations okay nice insane very exciting okay yeah so you're making me watch ice cold and alex and i'm making you watch oh man i'm excited about this i'm making you watch premium rush uh, oh my fucking god <laughs> a perennial mike smith favorite i love premium rush i i don't i can't quite explain my love for this movie other than that it rules but yeah this is the movie uh, in case you've forgotten about premium rush the uh, bike movie yeah this is the movie uh, from 2012 where joseph gordon levitt plays a bike messenger who is being chased down by a cop played by michael shannon and it's a wild time <laughs> In, I mean, you yeah. know what? I might have uh, dismissed this movie at the time and for the last 11 years, but I'm ready to get on the premium rush bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I saw this movie in theaters and thought it rocked. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray. Uh, so hopefully <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to try to watch it before I, uh, before we do the episode. Uh, that would be Perfect. fine. Um, but yeah, so next week, ice cold and Alex and premium rush. In the meantime, the complete works just did an episode on what is it? Um, oh yeah. The Sym- sympathy for the devil would just come out uh, when this yes. comes out. Uh, the Nicholas cage movie. Uh, so next week, master Z it man legacy. Yeah. Yeah. It man get on the it man train. Yes, absolutely. Uh, watch the four it man movies and master Z to prepare for our master Z episode. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that is the end of this week's episode of Mike, Mike, go to the movies. We will see you on the other side. Yeah.